today I'm talking about Laos during the Vietnam War, uh, and I'm talking about specifically the Committee uh, for Defense of National Interests, uh, which was a major anti-communist movement in Laos uh, in this period, and I want to focus specifically on uh, the CDIN's use of uh, Buddhism uh, in order to create a national identity in the Royal Lao government during this period. And uh, I wanted to present or start with a, a picture of a demonstration in the streets of Vientiane in uh, August 1959. And this uh, demonstration was organized by the CDIN, uh, but the people were out protesting against uh, North Vietnam's uh, violation of Lao territory. And uh, they, uh, you know, perceived this as North Vietnam uh, invading Laos and uh, from January 1959 to August 1959. Uh, but I think that it's uh, telling about uh, Lao anti-communism and uh, the CDNI themselves, uh, which is that at certain points uh, in Laos during this period, there was uh, popular support. Uh, you know, the newspaper reports were that 10,000 people came out to this demonstration uh, in August 1959, and I think that's, uh, you know, Usually the CDIN are dismissed as a creation of the American CIA, but I think, uh, you know, uh, events like this protest march are a nice uh, counterpoint to that. Um, my research focuses broadly on the uh, first post-colonial state of Laos, uh, the Royal Lao government, which existed from 1945 to 1975 until it was overthrown uh, by the communist-inspired Batay Lao. Uh, a starting point for my research really has been nationalism. Uh, there is a common misunderstanding uh, that the Royal Lao government was uh, it lost to the Batut Lao uh, movement uh, in part because uh, its supporters lacked nationalism and this is something that's often observed about non-communist states in the region that they lacked uh, for uh, strong nationalism. But I think this is a wrong assessment for the Royal Lao government. Uh, I think that if the real problem for the Royal Lao government, if anything, was not a lack of nationalism, but that uh, there was an overabundance of nationalism. Uh, nationalism was so strong in some quarters uh, that it led to the rise of violent dissident groups uh, that were willing to challenge the central government, uh, and certainly the most well-known would be the Batate Lao uh, movement. Uh, but there were other uh, nationalist movements of the time uh, which uh, remained loyal to the state, and I think the CDIN uh, is a perfect example of a strongly nationalist movement in Laos that was loyal to the state. Uh, they often touted a what they called a right and positive nationalism. Uh, so I'm trying to investigate how the uh, CDNI uh, used Buddhism to create uh, nationalism in the Kingdom of Laos. And this is all uh, leading up to the opening stages of the Second Indochina War uh, between January and May of 1959. Uh, so uh, today I'm going to argue that the CDNI are uh, firstly uh, key to uh, understanding Lao anti-communism, which is hugely important during the Royal Lao government period, and also secondly uh, that the CDNI are very important to understand how uh, Buddhism was competed, uh, was, uh, there was a competition for uh, support uh, among Buddhists, uh, monks and laity among the Patet Lao and the Royal Lao government. Uh, for Lao anti-communism, uh, it's not something that is uh, well known, uh, but as I've tried to suggest, uh, there was popular support at the time for Lao uh, anti-communism, and uh, that it wasn't simply imposed 
uh, by the United States. Uh, in fact, uh, there are uh, Lao anti-communist documents that were written in 1948, well before the United States became involved in Laos. And uh, this, uh, you know, first Lao anti-communism was articulated during the struggle uh, for freedom from France. Uh, and it was in these earliest stages of uh, Lao anti-communism that uh, there became a uh, particular uh, idea of uh, anti-communism that was elaborated, which was that uh, the Lao were uh, naturally resistant to the communist virus, uh, and uh, that this was due to their traditional culture, uh, society, and observance of Buddhism. Uh, this was an idea among the Lao elite that was popular at the time, that uh, you know, no real uh, Lao could ever become a communist, and uh, you know they would never subscribe to such a depressing uh, materialist view of uh, the world, and they wouldn't give up, uh, you know, Buddhism. Um, later, when the CDNI uh, came, uh, they uh, you know modified Lao anti-communism because by this point it was no longer an academic subject. They were facing a real insurgency in the country, the Potato Lao. Uh, but, so they actually saw anti-communism in the Cold War itself really as a imperial struggle between China, North Vietnam, and the Lao, and the Lao were uh, struggling for survival and uh, facing an existential threat. Um, uh, as I said also, uh, Buddhism was uh, uh, contested in this period between the Patet Lao and the Royal Lao government, and uh, that was especially the case uh, during the first coalition government from 1957 to 1958, in which uh, there were, this government allowed Patet uh, Lao to participate in government, and uh, especially uh, when uh, Pumi uh, Vongvijit, who was considered the chief uh, ideologue of the Patet Lao, uh, he was uh, given uh, charge of the Ministry of Religious Affairs. He was said to have indoctrinated uh, the Buddhist Sangha and, uh, you know, uh, much of the uh, scholarship points to the fact, uh, this point to suggest that the Royal Lao government lost the Sangha to the Patet Lao movement, and they can point to many active uh, monks who were uh, sympathetic to the Patet Lao. This is sort of uh, part of the story of the Patet Lao uh, rise to victory uh, that they tell about themselves, but much less is said about the Royal Lao government's efforts to uh, compete for Buddhism or uh, for monks who were strongly anti-communist. Uh, and I would say that the missing uh, factor is the CDIN themselves. Uh, they did make use of Buddhism to fashion a nationalism that was strongly anti-communist, uh, but also it was, and their efforts were related to a wider, more diffuse uh, intellectual movement in the Royal Lao government that was against communism and that was also concerned with uh, Buddhism. Uh, but uh, besides that, there are also uh, some important problems with the CDIN themselves. Uh, they uh, renewed war with the Patet Lao in May 1959. Uh, this uh, plunged the region into the Second Indochina War, and no one has really made an account or an effort to try to understand uh, the CDIN and, and their role in the start of the war and uh, what exactly their motivation was. Uh, besides that, the CDIN also, uh, when they were in charge of the government, they uh, regulated the Sangha and uh, and uh, you know, in some ways they were trying to make an effort to regain control of the Sangha after the, uh, the um, uh, Pumi Vongvijit uh, had uh, uh, held sway over the ministry, uh, but many in the Sangha were uh, resisting this as government overreach trying to control the Sangha. Uh, 
But on the other hand, uh, you know, uh, the royal government itself in this time uh, and uh, its supporters, they weren't simply uh, trying to, uh, you know, only use coercive means. Uh, there were definitely efforts where they were uh, more focused on, on more persuasive means and uh, there was just a wider intellectual movement against communism. Um, you can see that if you consider uh, earlier people such as Tao Noi Apai, uh, who uh, made an early call for reforming Buddhism in, uh, as early as 1949. Uh, so he was calling for a reform of uh, Buddhism in Laos uh, before the Patet Lao ever uh, emerged. And uh, he uh, you know, offers an important uh, point to contextualize uh, the CDIN and their own uh, Buddhist uh, Sangha law, their regulation of the Sangha. Um, and, uh, you know, just in general, Buddhism was central to the royal law government. Uh, it was enshrined as the state religion uh, in the Constitution. And it, the Constitution also stipulated that the king must be a fervent Buddhist. Uh, and besides that, uh, Buddhism was promoted by the government in a number of ways. Uh, and in fact, Buddhism was really uh, vital to uh, the new royal Lao government state to win uh, popular support among the masses. Uh, so it was very important and not neglected. Uh, there were, besides that, a number of anti-communist monks, uh, especially uh, Mahapan Ananto, uh, who was uh, enormously influential in a generation of uh, monks of the time, and also remained influential after 1975. Uh, he opened a number of uh, new schools across the country, uh, and uh, the Sangharat uh, Damayana Mahatera uh, was also highly esteemed, and uh, he spoke out against the communism very strongly, and he ended up fleeing to Thailand in 1978. Um, but uh, it was not only monks, of course, but also other Lao intellectuals who were uh, trying to uh, create this wider intellectual movement. Uh, and Tao Noe Apai is, uh, as I said, important uh, to contextualize the CDIN. Uh, his efforts, uh, you know, he's calling for a reform of Buddhism in 1949. So you can see uh, the fact that uh, his reforms are, there's an overlap between his reforms and the CDNI's uh, Sangha law. Uh, but uh, that very fact alone uh, shows that these reforms were not solely concerned with anti-communism, but also more generally just with uh, modernizing uh, the country. Uh, Tao Noe Apai himself, uh, when he called for uh, reform of Buddhism, he uh, talked about uh, revival of religious practice, uh, renovation of temples, and he especially focused on uh, a highly disciplined elite corps of monks that would lead the reforms and uh, would root out bad monks and to uh, get the lady to uh, go back to the temple. Uh, he was very critical of the low level of Buddhism in the country, and uh, he feared that Buddhism might actually uh, disappear if something were not done. Uh, but another uh, interesting aspect of his uh, reforms was that he uh, uh, called on the lady actually to enforce uh, monastic discipline. Uh, so if there were bad monks, then the lady was supposed to uh, call out those monks and uh, to demand that they be held accountable. Uh, so in some ways this is also another uh, antecedent, uh, more context. Uh, there were people like Tao Noe Pai uh, 10 years before the CDNI showed up who were calling for uh, people in society, wider society, outside the Sangha to enforce discipline on the Sangha itself. Um, so anyway, uh, let me talk about the CDIN themselves. 
Uh, they were founded in June uh, 1958, and they were created uh, in the wake of uh, major electoral victories by the Patet Lao, their political party, the Nealao Haksat, and uh, they, uh, the Lao Haksat actually won a number of seats in the National Assembly at this point, uh, and the CDIN were really formed to challenge the rise, the uh, political influence of the Patet Lao in the kingdom. And they had two uh, central goals. One was to clean up corruption in the government, and the other was to uh, wipe out communism in the country. Uh, and uh, they were specifically trying to co-opt the very effective uh, rhetoric of the Patet Lao, which uh, criticized the Royal Lao government for being corrupt and misusing aid, uh, which proved so powerful uh, in elections. Uh, and uh, well, actually, uh, and the CDIN themselves, they uh, joined uh, the government in August of 1958, and by January of 1959, uh, the uh, a state, the government declared a state of emergency in which the National Assembly was shut uh, for one year. This was in response to North Vietnam's invasion of Sepon, which was the beginning of the Ho Chi Minh Trail uh, through uh, Laos to South Vietnam. And uh, Sepon was right where the DMZ was, uh, so it was the right, the area you had to uh, go from North Vietnam to circumvent the DMZ to get to South Vietnam. Uh, but uh, when the state of emergency was declared, the CDN, CDIN, they were able to increase their uh, numbers in the cabinet from uh, four to seven members. So uh, by January 1959, the government really was a CDIN-controlled uh, government. And uh, by May, uh, there were efforts to reintegrate the Patet Lao uh, into the Royal Lao Army that had failed. Uh, and by May 19th, uh, the Patet Lao uh, units fled, and this was really the restarting of the uh, war in Laos. Uh, so uh, how did the CDIN use uh, Buddhism, uh, particularly uh, their manifesto? Uh, certainly uh, was concerned with anti-communism, but also they uh, mentioned uh, social and religious issues, and uh, they made really a, a, a uh, political cause of reforming uh, religion. Uh, they called for uh, orthodox discipline uh, and uh, unity among the sects, but they also had a campaign uh, to return to the temple where they encouraged laity to go to the temple and they even encouraged uh, people to practice the five precepts among uh, society at large. Uh, new members of the CDNI had to uh, pledge to uh, belief in Buddhism and uh, so uh, Buddhism was really central to uh, the CDIN's uh, own identity. Um, but uh, one of the major things they did at the time when they uh, were in charge in, in government was to pass the Sangha Law, which was passed on May 25th, 1959, and that was less than a week after uh, conflict between the Patet Lao and the Royal Lao government uh, restarted. Uh, but if you look at the uh, first articles of the uh, Sangha Law, you can see there is significant overlap between uh, Tao Noi Apai's calls for reforms from 1949 and uh, the law itself, uh, the law called for uh, renovation of temples and expansion of Buddhist education, uh, but also it called for uh, Buddhism to revive uh, society. Um, and there's a number of other, uh, well, uh, there are another number of other efforts going on that are very aligned with the Sangha law. 
uh, Mahapan Ananto, uh, the schools he opened, uh, they uh, stated the exact same uh, principles as are in the Sangha law. Um, the Sangha law, the other important context for the Sangha law was uh, the war itself. Uh, when the Royal Lao Army was trying to reintegrate uh, the Batet Lao, the major sticking point was on the, the ranks uh, of the Batet Lao uh, that were to be reintegrated into the Royal Lao Army. And, uh, you know, the Royal Lao Army accused the Patet Lao of inflating the ranks of its officers so that once they were reintegrated, they would be able to influence the Royal Lao Army uh, greatly. And uh, the Sangha Law itself is concerned with ranks and promotions and controlling that. Uh, and if anything, it's, uh, it mirrors the Royal Lao government's concern about inflated ranks among the Patet Lao military officers. Uh, they are also concerned, obviously, with uh, monks who have artificially or very rapidly advanced uh, ranks within the Sangha and they want to regain control of that uh, very similarly. Um, but I should mention uh, one of the CDIN members who was most concerned with Buddhism was Jao Sop Saisana. Uh, he was uh, one person who always attacked communists as atheists and like other CDNI, he saw religion and uh, basic opposition to communism. Uh, he spoke of Buddhism as a sole defense which can resist the communist ideology and uh, actually it's in his role as the head of the Lao Junior Chamber uh, that he became involved in an episode which illustrates the CDIN's thinking on religion. Uh, he uh, in particular made a strong protest against China's uh, intervention into Tibet in 1959 and he basically perceived this as a threat to all Buddhist countries. Uh, he actually presented a resolution at an international meeting of the organization in Kuala Lumpur in April 1959, just one month before the war uh, restarted. And this resolution called for a condemnation of all acts of violence against religion. And uh, he was able to point to credo of the organization, which stated that uh, faith in Dharma or God gives significance and meaning of life, meaning to life. Uh, so, you know, he expanded on this, but he basically portrayed Chinese actions in Tibet as violence against religion, and, uh, you know, he portrayed this as a threat to Buddhists, but also he, he uh, pointed out that it also concerned Christians, Muslims, Hindus, Taoists, Confucianists, Shintoists, animism. Uh, basically, he was pointing to all religious believers as being uh, threatened by this. Uh, in the CDIN's uh, newspaper itself, uh, in the same time period, there are a number of uh, anti-Chinese political cartoons uh, dealing with uh, the Chinese uh, uh, intervention into Tibet uh, that uh, stoked ethnic tensions, uh, but there are also a number of editorials that all came out uh, uh, strongly opposing Chinese actions. They talk about it, Tibetans as fighting against atheism and sacrilege, even spoke of a holy war. Uh, and uh, one editorial ended, uh, to preserve the world and our religion from imminent annihilation, let us unite our efforts to struggle together against this demon which will not survive after such an infamy. So uh, just to conclude, uh, you know, did the CDINI uh, start the second Indochina <coughs> war in Laos? Uh, how responsible were they? Uh, what did it have to do with their uh, Buddhist nationalism? Uh, they were certainly in government and they were uh, uh, linked to the military and they've uh, created this new nationalism that was virulently anti-communist and you don't have to look far in CDN sources to find uh, violent or threatening rhetoric but more importantly the CDN, uh, CDIN uh, viewed the Chinese and North Vietnamese as imperialist intent on conquering the Lao and uh, they viewed this essentially as an existential threat 
uh, that especially the communists would overthrow democracy, wipe out Buddhism, and wage class warfare that would cause major upheaval in society. Thank you.